0: Welcome to Getaway Day. I'm Gotham I'm joined by Mason. This is episode 24. You can find episodes one through 23 on all your favorite podcast platform: uh, Google uh, Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and more. Uh, today we are going to be talking about um, the 2020-2021 free agency trading season. Uh, looking back at all the teams and seeing how they did. Uh, and we are interrupting a special game, the AARP game, between Rich Hill and Adam Wainwright to make this recording. So 81 years of uh, pitcher on the on the bump today.
1: Oh yeah, it's the first time that we've seen a matchup of pitchers over the age of 40 since Bartola Colon and R.A. Dickey back in 2008. So... <laughs> It's a good one, and right now the Cardinals are winning 2-0. It looks like Wayno is going to continue his stellar season. So hopefully I don't jinx it, but I'll be watching the score here on my phone. So we'll see.
0: (laughs) Yeah, so we are going to get into a lot of teams today and a lot of different transactions that happened uh, in the past year. Uh, Before we do that, we're going to hit on a couple this week in baseball things. So let's get started with... The AL wildcard race between the Yankees and the Blue Jays and then some other teams, but mainly we're going to talk. Yankees and Blue Jays seem like they're going in very opposite directions. The Yankees have been losing a lot. They got swept by the Blue Jays last week in a four-game series. Uh, They were on a seven-game losing streak until Saturday when they won a game, lost again on Sunday to the Mets. They won in comeback fashion today, but they're having a tough time stringing together Um, good games on the other hand the Blue Jays are on absolute fire right now they've won all but one of their games in September um, and they've really kind of seized their own destiny in the wild card chase and look like they would be a really strong contender in the in the playoffs if they can make it there
1: yeah it's it's just crazy to watch because like it, everything is going right for Toronto right now. Every guy that hit that you would expect to hit for them is hitting really really well. Vlad has vaulted himself up into uh, a tie for first place in home runs with Otani and he was four down I think a week ago. So he's gone off. Uh, you got um, Teoscar Hernandez I think has just been on an absolute tear. Um Bo Bichette is finally getting back to I think being a really, 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 really good hitter. Um I haven't seen uh Kevin's, um name up on the box scores.
0: Is he still hurt? Yeah, he's still hurt and then uh, another guy I'll mention Lourdes Guriel Jr. hit his fourth grand slam of the season over the weekend. Um, That's gotta be getting close to a record, doesn't it? Probably, yeah. That's a lot of grand slams for a career, let alone a season. Um, But he's been on fire recently, um, and he's kind of just like a guy that hits near the bottom of the lineup. It's just stacked one through nine, basically.
1: Well, and we haven't even talked about their hottest hitter right now either, but we're going to talk a little bit more about him here in a bit. But Marcus Simeon, I think, has been kind of leading the charge here this month too. Oh, yeah. Like, as good as Vlad's been, Simeon's been better, which is really weird to say because Vlad is trying for a triple crown right now, and he's really close to it. He's tied for the lead in home runs. He's leading the uh, AL in average, and then he's second to Jose Abreu by five RBIs. So, the guy who's potentially going for a triple crown isn't even the active best hitter on the team. It's just nuts.
0: Yeah, yeah. And we haven't even mentioned uh, Springer, so it just goes on and on. Yeah.
1: And then their pitching has been really good, too. Yep so everything's going right for them whereas with the yankees not it's the opposite yeah they got they They're got, got some serious everything's issue,
0: going so wrong. so garrett cole hurt himself in his last start um it's a Chapman's... minor hamstring issue he's supposed to be coming back tomorrow but we'll see if it affects him in any way Jameson tyon's on the il uh cory kluber just came back from the il and he hasn't looked so great so they have a lot of problems with their pitching. And they then, did
1: have a really nice start from Louis Gill in his uh, his debut, though. So that was a nice little reprieve for him for a game. But their bullpen's been falling apart, too. Like Yeah,
0: yeah. Chapman's had his own struggles since early on yeah. this season. I think
1: uh, Heaney's about the only guy who's been pitching well out of their pen recently. And
0: not really that well. So,
1: But he's the guy that they... Sh- should be most comfortable with giving the ball to right now, I think. <laughs> yeah. So you really just got to hope for a complete game shutout at this point.
0: But I'm very yeah. curious to see how the Blue Jays do against the Rays. They've got six games against them coming up uh, in the next week and a half, so that'll be a big test for them and because the Rays are Rays are definitely the top team in the American League right now.
1: Yeah, and, and it's not even it. it's not even close if you're just looking at uh, just by record even it's yeah um, it's not if close you
0: have four or five um, game lead in in the for the best record in the league they have
1: so. a s- five and a half game almost six game lead over yeah. uh, Houston so but yeah and then um they've, they actually aren't winning the run differential. Uh, crown right now i didn't even realize that um houston is beating them by one run in the run differential column Hmm. so okay yeah yeah so but yeah the uh the blue jays are definitely a team you want to be watching right now if you haven't been so
0: okay so we had another no hitter this week it was a combined no hitter and it's probably the no-hitter that's least surprising of any of the no-hitters that have happened this season? Because the pitchers that made it up uh, were Corbin Burns and Josh Hader, and the team they were playing was the Cleveland Indians, who have already been no-hit how many times?
1: I think it was two before this. Um, Oh, I'm just getting
0: word now that the uh, Indians are getting no-hit again. I wouldn't be
1: shocked. (laughs) Uh, They were getting no-hit again last
0: night by Adrian Hauser
1: through si- through five and a third or five and two it, it was
0: eric lauer eric lauer on, sorry yeah
1: um adrian hauser i guess would make more sense um it's probably why that's where my brain went yeah eric lauer's like the one guy on that team that it's like that doesn't make any sense how he's no hitting anyone but no so there were actually i think there were two records that were set uh like two big records that were set during that no hitter uh one is it was the ninth full or the ninth official no hitter of the season Um, so we no longer have to count that seven inning no hitter that Madison Bumgarner threw that it's complete blasphemous to call that a no hitter apparently. Uh, but this is still the season, uh, with the most no hitters in history. On top of that, I, I think getting no hit three times in a season is a record. Yeah, I think so. So we have the most no hitters and the most times getting no hit on the same night
0: yeah so we have the common denominator and it's the indians yeah so yeah. yeah um but yeah for for burns and and hater to pitch a no-hitter that's really shocks no one just considering the the stuff they have and how unhittable they've been basically for years now so yeah so, um, have you talked
1: to Matthew to confirm that he's okay since the. He's just the, accepted
0: it now, I think. It's reasonable. Yeah.
1: So, pretty much that, uh, World Series game seven appearance was, uh, was the peak of where they're ever going to get, I think. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. At least as the Indians. As the Guardians, it might be another, uh, another story.
0: Yeah. Hopefully they yeah. don't get no hit as much.
1: Yeah. So, but then, um, on top of our record, uh, record watch, we had a milestone watch this week, as we've had, it seems, every week. Actually, there, this is both a milestone and a record watch because Max Scherzer just threw his 3,000th career strikeout in the shortest amount of games ever. He's the quickest to reach 3,000. And he threw his third immaculate inning of his career in the game which tied him with Chris Sale, and, uh, who got it early, or his third earlier this year. We already talked about that. And Sandy Koufax for the most immaculate innings in history.
0: So we've had an amazing week of baseball. And not to mention, he carried a perfect game of his own all the way into the eighth inning of that game.
1: Yeah, I forgot about that. He's the only guy who would try and outshine his own thing.
0: Yeah, that would have been incredible. Getting 3,000, the immaculate inning, and the perfect game all in one. Yeah,
1: and the 3,000 would be the thing that people would forget about.
0: Yeah, seriously. But um, Yeah, he's having crazy. an insane season. We were talking about this off-air that this is probably one of the best old-guy seasons in the history of MLB. Um, he has uh, pretty much put himself kind of in the, the running now for to actually win the Cy Young for the fourth time in his career, um, maybe Corbin Burns is in the conversation, maybe Walker is in the conversation, but it's going to be uh, interesting to see how that shakes out. But with the 3,000 strikeouts, uh, a few weeks ago we talked about Miggy's 500th home run. The 3,000 strikeout club is actually more elite than um, the 500 home run club. There's only 19 guys that have ever struck out 3,000 in their careers.
1: Yeah, it's, I, I'm trying to think, there's a, there's only one other club, that, or like one other club that's, um, nearly that exclusive, uh, it's uh
0: well, it's a crap, 700 home run club, right?
1: Well, no, there, there's one that has 24 guys in it, it's, it's a hitting one, and now I can't think of what it was, um, shoot, I don't remember. Now I feel bad bringing this up because I can't even remember what it was.
0: Uh, And here's the thing. With Scherzer being 37, he still has a chance, and it looks like nothing's slowing him down to pass a bunch of guys on this list. So above him, just above him, Justin Verlander, John Smoltz, CC Sabathia, Kurt Schilling, uh, Bob Gibson, Pedro Martinez, Ferguson Jenkins all within 200 strikeouts of where he is now on the list so i mean everyone knows that scherzer's an all-time great pitcher but he's he's continuing to work his way up these very uh, elite leaderboards
1: yeah and the so the one other thing i wanted to mention that um uh, I kind of missed here earlier, but when you said that this is one of the best old guy or probably the best old guy season that we've ever seen. Um, it's also in the top tier of like anyone. <laughs> Any seasons. guy
0: seasons. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Like he's having an amazing season. He's so let's see. So Scherzer in 27 games has uh, not that record matters for pitchers anymore, but I'm going to cite it anyway. Cause it's still a really good one. 14 and four record in 162 innings. Uh, a 2.17 ERA with a 2.86 FIP. He's put up 5.2 WAR, which um, is getting awfully close to his uh, to top three season for him. Um, I think if he if he reaches six um, six WAR, sorry, it'd be a top five season for him if he reaches six WAR. Um, but I would argue this is probably the most dominant season he's had, other than maybe. Um, actually no i i think it's just this is the most dominant season he's ever had like yeah, his higher two, war two season
0: 217 ERA, that's the best he's ever done right uh
1: yeah 217 is the best uh his 2017 he had a 251 a 253 in 2018 which was his best season by war um and then i'm trying to think was it 2015 that was like the year that people like thought was like his best year ever is that... Uh, yeah, I think so. That sounds right. Yeah, he had a 279 back in 2015. So, like, this yeah. is his so most dominant season. Obviously, this year's season.
0: got the caveat that he's pitched a lot less innings than he, he's pitched in the past, but it's still remarkable for, for, yeah, for him he's, to be doing this. Yeah, he's
1: likely not going to reach... Well, I don't think he can reach 200 innings this year, can he?
0: No, probably not.
1: But it'll be the most he's pitched since 2018, so... He does have that going for him, too.
0: Um, yeah. yeah A- so. And
1: he's at 219 strikeouts for the year.
0: Yeah, highest so. highest strikeout percentage that he's ever had in his career, and it's happening now.
1: Yeah, this, this dude's nuts.
0: Yeah. Okay, yeah, we could talk Max Scherzer all day. You want to talk yes, some other... Other players?
1: I do. Scherzer was obtained in the middle of the season. I don't care about those. Mid-season pickups are so overrated. Let's talk about (laughs) free agents.
0: Yeah, let's talk free agents. So we did allude to this at the top. We will be talking about Marcus Simeon, one of our favorite players on this podcast. Um, I'll start off by saying that the low ball offer that the Athletics made to him, is just absolutely ridiculous back then it was ridiculous now it's even more ridiculous because of the season that he's putting up they offered him a one-year 12.5 million dollar deal with 10 million of that deferred over 10 years and he said no way no chance i'm leaving and he signs a one-year deal uh, for 18 million kind of to reestablish his value. He had a down season in 2020, but he signs for $18 million one year with the Blue Jays, and he switches positions. So he's already showing his flexibility. He can play second base. He can play shortstop. He can do whatever you ask him to, except take that terrible deal from the A's. Um, so what has Marcus Simeon done in his season with the Blue Jays? 6.3 F4 272 batting average, 432 on base percentage, 547 slugging percentage, 137 WRC plus, which is very similar to what he put up in 2019, uh, 39 home runs, which is blasting his career high from 2019, which was 33. And people thought there's no way he's ever going to have a season like this again. And he's completely blown that season out of the water.
1: Yeah, which the the amazing, uh, so there's there's two amazing points there. Uh, One, this is only his second 30 home run season ever, and he's played in one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine seasons, and he's only had two 30 home run seasons. Now in his age 30, he's about to hit 40 home runs. Um, I, I think his average is roughly... 15 to 20 home runs is kind of his average so far in his career. Yet he's going on this tear now and he's not really selling out for power either. Like his, uh, his strikeout percentage is down this year from his career average. Uh, or, uh, sorry. It's exactly the same as his career average. His, uh, walk rate is still up around 10%. And he's over doubling his average home run total per season. It's just nuts what he's doing, and his eighteen mil contract looks like an absolute steal right now. He's he's playing Mike Trout level ball this year. Basically, what Mookie and Mike Trout were doing a p- couple seasons ago, that's what he's doing now, and he's only getting paid eighteen million for it.
0: Yeah, he's gonna he's gonna be making bank uh, on a long term deal this upcoming year. Maybe with the Blue Jays. Maybe they'll be out of the price range. Uh, I don't know, but he's definitely going to get what he deserves this upcoming offseason. And the one other thing about Simeon that kind of goes overlooked is he's kind of like um, MLB's Iron Man in a sense. He's played in all um, 143 games the Blue Jays have played this season. Back in 19, he played 162. 18, he played 159. uh, 15 and 16, 155 and 159. So this guy's out there every single day the Blue yeah. Jays
1: and the the one other thing that I'll I'll mention is actually the flip side of this coin so with Simeon signing with the uh the Blue Jays that left a hole in the A's that they had to fill by trading for Elvis Andrews and we've seen how that's worked out so that just goes to show you how important this man is to a baseball team he's yeah. the current best hitter of like the last month on the Blue Jays He's the second best hitter over the season for the Blue Jays. And now his former team is really, really struggling without him. It just yeah. Not having a shortstop be... is a
0: is a major issue and we've seen it with the Reds. Kind of they didn't fill that position in the offseason and they are really struggling there, so
1: Yeah. I so Simeon is one of those guys that I've always thought was probably the most underrated shortstop in the league, and I don't think I can say that anymore. I think he's finally
0: getting the attention he deserves. Oh yeah, everyone knows about him now. But yeah, he's he's improved his game so much too over his career. He was the guy that I think he had he led the league in errors his first year with Oakland, and people were like, "Oh, this guy, there's no way he can stick at shortstop. He's really not that great." And then he he just worked at it and became an actual good shortstop, and obviously he has completely revamped his offensive profile too, hitting for so much more power and not sacrificing anything with that as we've talked about here. All right, on to uh, some other Blue Jays that they signed. George Springer, six-year, $150 million deal. Um, He's been injured quite a bit, but when he's played, he's been very, very good, and that's an amazing presence to have at the top of their lineup.
1: Yeah, so George Springer on the season, he's only played 59 out of the 143 games, right? Yep. Um, And so in the 255 plate appearances he's had, he's hitting 262, 354, 566 with 17 home runs, which is good for a 144 WRC+. Um, He is just on absolute fire. He's just getting hurt a lot. Um, And so just a, a... little note here to show kind of how important Springer is to this Blue Jays team. We've talked about how important Simeon is, but with Springer on the field, the Blue Jays are 37 and 22, which is good for a 627 winning percentage. When he's hurt, they're right at 500 at 43 and 41. So granted, there's probably a lot of other factors there, but that stark difference does show how important he is to that team, just helping bolster that line, that already really good lineup even more. He's a really good defensive center fielder, and I think Randall Grichik, I think, is their backup center fielder. Does that sound right? Yeah. So, yeah.
0: Um, let's see. And then here, a pitcher that the Blue Jays uh, brought back to their team. They traded for him in 2020 from Arizona, Robbie Ray. Um, Robbie Ray. Always the the thing with him was he could strike everyone out, but he also walked everyone else. And somehow that has completely changed. I don't know what they've done with him, but he's only walked 6.5% of batters this season, while last year he walked 17.9%. And he's still striking people out at an elite rate, 32.4%. And he's got a... uh, two uh 269 era 103 whip so he would be my choice for the blue jays to start in a wild card game that they might be playing in soon uh that was an amazing uh guy to bring back to their team and i never would have expected this
1: well and i think he's um a dark horse for the cy young and i the more he pitches the more it's looking like he deserves it and so i'd I think Garrett Cole will probably get it, but I think you could very easily make the argument that Robbie Ray deserves the AL Cy Young.
0: Yeah, they're very close. So, so Blue Jays did a really good job this offseason, obviously. We're, we're just showering them with praise. We have nothing yeah. bad to say about what and they the, did. Really. And
1: then we talked about uh, a couple weeks ago what they did at the trade deadline, and all they did at the trade deadline was help their team even more. Yeah. So... This team is starting to get really hot, and they're starting to look really good. I'm hoping they can continue that into the next uh, two weeks here, or the, or the last two or three weeks of the season and into October.
0: So. Yep. Okay, another team that had a really big offseason with the Padres, and people crowned them the champions of the offseason. It hasn't really panned out that way uh, as they sit in third place, and they're really in a – in a dogfight to actually make the playoffs. Um, and the number one thing that they upgraded in the offseason was their starting pitching. So they traded um, for Hugh Darvish from the Cubs, for four really young prospects and Zach Davies. Uh, they traded for Blake Snell from the Rays, for Luis Patino, Cole Wilcox, uh, a starting pitcher that actually just had Tommy John surgery, and then uh, Blake Hunt, a uh, another prospect, and then catcher Francisco Mejia. They traded for Joe Musgrove from the Pirates, and then they signed Fernando Tatis to a um, a huge contract, 14 years, what 330 million. Yep, sounds about right. So they they locked up their franchise star. They added a bunch of starting pitching. They added a bunch of secondary pieces, and it still hasn't really been enough. Yeah. But I don't know if that's necessarily the the fault of these transactions. It's more so a there function is, of the injuries that they there fit. is
1: one that I think is I'm not sure what is happening there. Let me just read you the month by month ERA. Uh, I'll let you guess who which guy I'm talking about out of these three. Uh, March and April two thirteen, May two twenty, June three o seven, July. 7.36, August, 6.32, September, 6.23.
0: I'm pretty sure we're talking about you Darvish here.
1: We are talking about you Darvish. So yeah. you Darvish started to struggle uh, by giving up the long ball and uh, his uh, slugging percentage ballooned um, basically right after the uh, sticky stuff cracked down, which looks really suspect. I'm not saying he's using, and there's probably a whole bunch of other explanations for it,
0: yeah he's been on the injury list two times back injury as well as uh some other injury so yeah he's really struggled to I I don't know if it's because of the injuries or or what it is but he has not been the same guy that he was last year with the Cubs or in the beginning of this season and then conversely Blake Snell has kind of turned his season completely around um he was looking like a giant bust um and Looked like he would never get back to the guy that he was when he was the Cy Young in 2018 for the Rays. He was not going deep in games. um, And then all of a sudden, he just started, like, dominating. And uh, he actually had two back-to-back starts. One start, he pitched um, seven no-hit innings, but he reached his pitch count, so they pulled him. Then his next start out, he goes six and two-thirds no-hit innings before giving up a couple of runs so Blake Snell has kind of been uh keeping the Padres afloat but he recently in his last start got pulled in the first inning with an adductor strain so they don't know if he's going to be put on the IL they're holding out hope that it's just a minor injury but that's a really big blow in addition to Cronenworth uh breaking his finger this week
1: yeah I I do think that uh so, Snell's last kind of really rough month that he had was uh, the month of July. He actually only threw 18 innings, um, but for a, a 6 ERA. And so, I think that month was probably the uh, the final the nail point. in the coffin for yeah. uh, the Padres putting together a pretty... or uh, The Padres running away with the second wildcard spot. So that brought them back down to earth, and now it's looking like they might fall out of playoff contention altogether.
0: I think as of today, they are out of it. Yeah, so. I think they're tied with the Reds. But, yeah, it's yeah. it's going to be a challenge considering their schedule. They play the Giants for three more series the rest of the year, and they only play teams that are over 500. So they have they've have probably the toughest path of any of the NL wildcard contenders. Joe Musgrove though, he's been he's been pretty excellent for most of the season and another uh, Pirates pitcher that got away. Okay. On to the Cardinals.
1: All right. I'll lead this one. So the Cardinals did nothing this offseason. Period. Okay, that's not 100% true, but it's really, really, really close. So the Cardinals did not go out and make any big free agent signings. Uh, I actually can't think of Te- any free technically agent Technically, they made
0: um, Wainwright and uh, Molina. And Yachty, yeah. yeah.
1: I, I don't really like to consider those because the guys yeah. have been there for like 16 years, so it was kind of inevitable. Um.
0: Yeah. Those weren't really additions to the team. They're more just the status yeah. quo.
1: Yeah, and I mean the the deal that we gave Bueno is paying off big time. I'll just say that right now. I can't remember what the, I think it might be like two or three million or something, maybe five. Uh, do you know what the yeah. contract was?
0: Uh, I think it was five million or something.
1: Yeah, which is a big pay raise from what he'd been taking the last couple of years. He'd only been taking one or two million dollar deals. Uh, this year they gave him a raise up to five mil. Um, Yachty is getting paid eight mil this year. Some people would argue it's probably overpaying for him right now. He's kind of hit or miss, a uh, little streaky this year, but he's also 38 years old. So that's to be expected. They'll both be coming back. But the one big move the Cardinals did make was uh, fleecing the Colorado Rockies for Nolan Arenado. So Arenado, since coming to the Cardinals, is having a little bit of a rough transition year. Uh, he's hitting 255, 309, 502 for a 114 WRC. Um, he's, uh, looking really good in the field. Most of the time he has made a few more errors than usual, uh, but he is still, uh, he still has hit 31 home runs. So Arenado has been looking pretty good, just not his elite self. It's kind of more on par with what he was doing last year, um, in the shortened COVID season with the hurt shoulder. But I think part of that is the adjustment to, um, a new stadium, a new team, uh, they're talking about changing the outfield wall dimensions in St. Louis because the big skyscraper they just built has changed the way that the wind blows. And so an already pitcher-friendly park has become an incredibly pitcher-friendly park. So they're they're looking at changing some things that may help his numbers out too. Um, on the other side of that trade was Austin Gomber. Um, and then Louris Montero uh, also went over with a couple of really low-level prospects uh, Montero is still in Triple A, so Gomber's the only one who's made it to the or who's been on the big league roster. But he has thrown uh, or he's started twenty three games for one hundred and fifteen innings uh, for a four point five three ERA. Um, he's not really had a great year, but it's he's
0: actually out for the season. He had a stress fracture in his back, so he needed surgery. Oh, I did not know that.
1: So yeah, so. That trade is definitely looking better for St. Louis, which I don't think anyone would argue that, um, even though Arenado is having a down year. Hopefully, we'll see him rebound next year and uh, be the player that we all know he is.
0: Yeah, I mean, so. I agree with everything that you said about Arenado. Um, the power is there for sure. The defense is there for sure. Um, but I'm kind of thinking he's more like a 3-4 war player rather than like a five plus warp guy going forward
1: yeah and i mean that's kind of what we've seen with other guys coming to st louis too uh goldschmidt did the same thing granted goldschmidt also came over on the wrong side of 30 so it could be that we're getting guys at the end of their prime throwing them in a park that's not quite as hitter friendly
0: yeah yeah it's definitely a combination of playing in st louis and and aging
1: so yeah but he seems to be really loving being in St. Louis, and they really love him. So I would argue it's working out just fine, even if he's not that elite third baseman that we all know that he used to be. So yeah
0: one one last thought on the Cardinals, though like you like you mentioned, they didn't make any other moves really, other than this one, and everyone was saying they they're, they're going to win the NL Central, no problem about it. And I was thinking to myself, um, like. I'm I'm not sure about that because they they have many other deficiencies with the club. There was a huge and...
1: caveat that they the rotation had to hold together and the bullpen couldn't explode. And yeah. we've had both of those. Um so Michaelis was hurt for a lot of the season so far. Uh Jack has been or er, on the aisle twice. Uh he's back on the shelf now. Um Dakota Hudson was out for the season, although it looks like he's actually going to come back and play or pitch in a couple games here at the uh, last week or two of the season. Um, so coming back from his Tommy John faster than expected. Um, but yeah, wayno has been the only starter who's been able to have a semblance of a good season. And then in the bullpen, we've had really three guys the entire year that had been trustworthy for the most part that at this point they're so overworked that they're kind of just imploding themselves. And Alex Reyes and Genesis Cabrera and Giovanni Gallegos. Gallegos is still pitching really well. Reyes has been taken out of the closer role. They brought in a couple guys midseason that have actually been working out pretty well, but they didn't do enough in the offseason to make this a playoff team. Yeah. They and still could be. It brings up a,
0: an overarching kind of point that one player in baseball can never really push you over the top. That, that doesn't really exist. It's all about building depth, kind of the way the Giants and the Brewers have done, and that's why they're having such good seasons. They've had the fortune of not having a whole bunch of big injuries, and then they also have the depth to fill in for all the injuries or whatever may come up over the course of the season.
1: Yeah, I, I agree with you there. I think that's like the biggest difference between baseball and football. Where in football, you could have a a really good roster, but if you don't have the right QB, it's not going to work out. Yeah. In baseball, if you have a really good roster but don't have one good pitcher, it could still work out, but getting one pitcher is not going to fix anything. If Mm -hmm. that's what you need is pitching. You're going to have to go out and sign three, four, five guys.
0: And we saw what the even sometimes that doesn't even work like what what the Padres did they built a super uh, rotation and none of those guys are healthy or performing up to what they were supposed to do yeah. so it's very tough to build a baseball team that's what I've learned over the years
1: yes it is although I still think you and I could do a better job than the Rockies GM so Ooh.
0: I'm yeah I'm I think still he's gonna get it I think he's gonna get the job full time that's what I've been hearing really they, apparently, they like what he's done with the team.
1: It, I'll send him the episode that we made. <laughs> yeah, both do. of them. <laughs> both of them.
0: Yeah. Ugh.
1: All right, who Good. do we got that's not the Cardinals?
0: Starting pitchers that signed uh, short-term deals. So Marcus Stroman and Kevin Gosman both accepted the qualifying offer this offseason for $18.9 million. Those are both looking like fantastic choices by... Both the players and the teams, I guess, because both those guys should be able to get huge uh pretty pretty huge uh contracts for multi years yeah, and they up. weren't
1: likely to get 18.3 if they would have been free agents last year either. no, so that yeah it worked out great for both um, see Gosman has been probably the one of the best pitchers in the NL. For For, a while, it looked like he was going to be the Cy Young. I think he's kind of lost that at this point. But he's still pitching to 265 ERA in 170 innings with 200 Ks, which is just a dominant season for a team that really needed a frontline ace to be competitive in their division, and now they're the best team in baseball.
0: Yeah, and for Gosman, I could definitely see him re-signing with the Giants because he's never been this good at any time in his career up till these last couple of years now and, and it seems like it's working out for him
1: and the Giants are not afraid of spending some cash moolah so
0: and Stroman's doing what he always does which is put up a good ERA never give up any home runs and just do- doesn't really strike out a whole bunch of people but he is really consistent and just a good pitcher
1: yeah, he's he's definitely not Nace anymore like he, he was for the Blue Jays a while back. But then again, the Blue Jays never had a great rotation. Um, but yeah, he's just, he's exactly who you want as your number three, number four starter. A guy who's always available. A guy who's always going to pitch well. But he might not dominate everybody every day. But he's yeah. going to go out there and pitch his best. And you're confident in handing him the ball.
0: Yeah, there's no team that wouldn't want him on their team he he's just he's just a quality pitcher
1: yeah so my guess is gosman is probably going to get the higher aav here in free agency this year but Strowman is definitely going to make over 20 mil
0: yeah i could see that so another guy who's making 20 million uh this year or maybe next year he already re-signed as charlie morton who Uh, has been threatening to retire for, like, five years now, but he's never actually done it. And the Braves signed him to a one-year deal. He kind of was injured last year with the Rays, but when he's pitched, he's been very good. Um, And he just had a really good season again, and they already re-signed him. So a good move by the Braves.
1: Yeah, I really like that move. I mean, there's nothing really... um outstanding about his stats but he's he's been really uh he's not missed a start and he's been really pretty good in the starts that he's had he's pitching to what i think is probably a league average 350 era Um, league
0: average man you have a interesting concept of league average league average is like 420 is it really it used to
1: be in like the upper threes
0: uh it's usually over four Oh, well,
1: then he's better than average. I just apparently don't know what league average is. Um, so, yeah, he's been really good. He doesn't walk many guys, and he's, uh, they've got 165 innings out of him at 37 years old. So, smart move by them.
0: Yeah. Giants, we're talking about their depth, and they kind of needed to build their entire rotation uh, because they didn't they didn't actually have anyone in their rotation, so other than Johnny Cueto. So they brought back Gosman, they brought in Anthony Descalfani uh, from the Reds, and he's having his best season ever as a starter. And then they brought in, uh, what's his name, Wood, Alex Wood also to round out the rotation. And then Jake McGee as a closer who has 31 saves. That was a completely under-the-radar move. They signed him for two years, $7 million, and he's quietly been one of the better closers in the National League.
1: Yep, I've got no comments on
0: those. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> um, okay, yeah. now we'll get a, a couple. Um, the bad apples that in the bunch definitely haven't worked out. Uh, these guys both had amazing seasons in 2020. Uh, in Trevor Bauer and Marcel Ozuna, Bauer signed a mega deal with the with the Dodgers for three years and over 100 million. Ozuna signed for five years, I think, and sixty five, seventy five million, a lot of money. And they both um have not played much this season because they've been under MLB investigation and also criminal investigation for uh various domestic uh violence um things that yeah, they've do- got going dom- on. So
1: domestic violence for um Marcelo Zuna and I believe it's sexual assault for Trevor
0: Bauer.
1: Yeah, that's right. Yeah, Which Trevor Bauer's um, administrative leave was extended by the MLB and the MLBPA through the rest of the season. Um, So he is 100% done this season. Um, But, yeah, Marcelo Zuna's contract was four years, 65, with a 2025 club option.
0: Um, Yeah, so we we can't really comment on whether they're going to ever pitch or play for their teams again but those signings obviously are not looking very good at this point.
1: Yeah, the so the Dodgers is kind of weird because the way that contract was written, I can't remember the exact number, but it was like three years, 110, but it's $45 million for this year and next with an opt-out after two years for, for Bauer. I think he
0: had an opt-out after every year, actually, if he wanted to. Oh, he
1: had an opt-out after everyone? yeah okay yeah but
0: he was getting forty five each
1: of the first two years and then twenty in the third year, I think um or maybe it was exactly three one hundred and it was forty five forty five ten I don't remember but yeah. uh i I think it's his opt out. I don't think there's a mutual opt out clause no, in there, no. so the Dodgers are pretty much screwed for two years payroll wise out of that and then they're still going to have to pay him 10 or 20 million the last year if if he doesn't come back um or if they don't want him back I guess is the the big thing. Um I suppose depending on what happens it could void his contract, I don't know. Yeah, but there we there's really a don't lot there's a lot there. of stuff that yeah. We'll we'll revisit that one next year probably when there's resolution. Yeah, so
0: the Dodgers also signed Justin Turner to a 2-year contract for 34 million. Um he has been great again. Uh, I I think a lot of Dodgers fans um were not really sure if they wanted him back cuz he's he's kind of getting up there in age. The Brewers were uh contending to to sign him. And that signing is looking great because Justin Turner's really good again.
1: Yep, he's uh so he's 36 years old. He'll turn 37 after the World Series. But um, he's actually having a bit of oh, where's the thing? Um, he's having a bit of a down year, actually, from what he's usually done, uh, which is really weird to say because he's still got uh, 273, 363, 466 slash line with 24 home runs, a 10 percent walk rate. For 130 WRC plus, and that's his lowest in the last five years.
0: Wow, that really surprises me. That doesn't sound like a down year at all.
1: It doesn't, and it's his worst year in five years.
0: Wow, that's incredible. The dude
1: is insanely good, and he's 36 yeah. years old. That was a, a great uh, signing uh, back by the uh, by the Dodgers for only 17 million a year. Like yeah, even if no question. even if next year he's not really that great. He's still worth every bit of that contract. If you're looking at the eight mil per war, um, on the free agent market this year, he's been worth uh, twenty eight million, and his total contract <laughs> was thirty four million. Yeah. So yeah. It, there is a vesting option for twenty twenty three. I'm not sure how that vests or how much it is, but pretty much no matter what, that contract looks like a steal.
0: For sure. So.
1: And you can assume he's going to be better than a uh, replacement level next year too.
0: Yeah. So no reason to, to doubt him at this point, yeah,
1: it, at some point he will regress and age is going to get to him, but at 36, it hasn't happened yet. Or maybe it is just not nearly as badly as it did for Albert.
0: Yeah. Not so steep. Yeah. Okay. So. Moving along to the, uh, New York, uh, area. the One of the biggest moves of the offseason was the Lindor blockbuster trade, where Lindor and Carlos Carrasco got traded from Cleveland to the Mets for Andres Jimenez, Ahmed Rosario, prospects Josh Wolf and Isaiah Green. This deal is going to be one that I think it's going to be talked about for, for the next decade plus, about figuring out who won this deal. So, Jimenez hasn't done a whole lot at the major league level. Rosario has turned out to be kind of the player that he was in 2019 with the Mets. Pretty solid player. Definitely not a star. Not sure about uh, finding a position for him on the field going forward with all the shortstops in their system. He's not the greatest defender.
1: He's not a good defender at all, really. No. He needs to move somewhere else on the field. And luckily, Cleveland doesn't really have anyone locked in other than J-RAM. So. And Myles Straw.
0: But. There you go. Yeah, but yeah, and then Lindor really started slow out of the gate. Um, obviously, signed the the three hundred forty one million dollar ten year contract, looking like he's uh, you know supposed to be the franchise player for this club, and you know really didn't play that well. That happens a lot in the first years of mega deals. Um, he actually had a three-home run game yesterday against the Yankees. So that's kind of like his signature moment as a Met, first three-home run game of his career too. So maybe it's a sign of uh, things to come. I'm not really worried about Lindor uh, in the long term. I think he's going to be completely fine. But the Mets definitely struggled offensively, and, and Lindor was part of the the issue that they had there.
1: Yeah, Lindor's only 27. He signed a 10-year contract. I am a firm believer that there is a an adjustment year for every player when they go to a new team. I'm not concerned about Lindor. I think he's still going to end up being an elite shortstop uh, for about the first third to half of that contract at least. Yeah. Um. But yeah, this year he's been pretty, pretty bad. 227 average, um, 407 slug, 17 home runs, but he's been pretty much league average when you factor everything in. So, uh, but he still has his defensive value. So he's still got 2.3 war. So just wait it out on Lindor. He'll be fine. Um, looks rough this year, but it's probably going to be a good signing and, or good trade sign in general. Uh, the yeah. other guy that the Mets went out and signed they really 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 needed a catcher uh, everyone wanted him to go get JT Realmuto because he hadn't been um, he hadn't been extended or anything he was a free agent I believe um, and so they decided to go get James McCann for four years 40.6 million dollars uh, James McCann is the definition of an average catcher uh in 87 wrc plus which an average or so the usually for for the league 100 is average for wrc plus for catchers it's actually about 90 to 92 uh so he's even below average for a catcher uh 239 average 305 obp 367 slug 10 home runs he's not really that great like uh, he's he's good defensively but he's not great defensively I don't really understand why they decided he was the guy that they were gonna sign really early in the offseason.
0: Yeah, we talked about the Angels last week. Hopefully Cohen's not turning into that where he's just kinda of handing out money willy nilly and that that was one that we can we can firmly say that we like we can say I told you so. We didn't think that was a good signing at the time and it's really not panning out.
1: Yeah, and and by the uh by the whole eight mil or eight point eight or eight million per war, whatever I said for uh, the Justin Turner thing, he's been worth like about five or six million dollars and he's getting paid ten million dollars this year. So yeah. they definitely overpaid. And we could have told you that when they signed him. Yep. So still a good player, like not to trash James McCann. But he wasn't the answer that I think
0: fans were looking for, right? So yeah. Okay, Yankees. Now, uh, the the big move that they made was signing DJ LeMahieu to a huge contract. He got six years actually, so he'll be pretty um, pretty old by the time that contract's up, and it's for ninety million. But the thing with DJ LeMahieu. People are always saying, oh, his power is really fluky. He's just a product of Coors Field and uh, Yankee Stadium specifically because he kept hitting all those short porch, right field, opposite field home runs. And I I could buy that. Like, it makes sense that he would have less power, and he has had less power. But the thing that just shocks me is, do you know what DJ LeMay, who's batting average this year is? Uh,
1: Not nearly as good as it's usually been.
0: Yeah, usually he's about a 300 hitter and do you know can can you tell me what it is cuz I don't I actually don't know. 271. Yeah, so uh, it's it's quite a bit lower than it's it's been in in a while. Yeah,
1: his his career average is 301. Uh the past couple uh so 2018 was his uh 2018 was his worst um average in recent memory. Um not of his career, but uh in the last like 7 years um 2018 was his worst at seven or 276, um, but he did have 15 home runs that year. This series year at 271 with only nine home runs. He's never really been a big, a big power guy. He's only had that one season that he cracked 20, and that was his yeah. first year in
0: Yankee Stadium. So,
1: yeah. So how-
0: I don't know what I think about that signing. I'm very curious to see how. He ages. I, I'm not sure it's gonna be very good.
1: Yeah, and they've signed him through his age 39 or 40 season. Yeah, I think it's. Yeah, I I don't see that one going. I don't very see him well. making the end it, of that
0: contract. To be honest,
1: I I don't either. Um, uh, there's a chance that he could end up kind of like Brett Gardner, where he just doesn't <laughs> go away, but he's never really amazing.
0: Yeah. That could happen. Brett Gardner I, I, will still be around at the end of that contract somehow.
1: Yeah. But, yeah, DJ LeMahieu is the definition of an average hitter this year.
0: So. Yeah, they would have definitely liked to have more than that. And I wonder what they do with Glaber in the offseason, whether they decide to go after a big-name shortstop free agent and then move on from Glaber or switch him back to second base. I, I don't know what what they need but they definitely need some more offense
1: yeah yeah especially with the twin towers there it's probably a bad nickname let me rethink that one um especially with uh the gentle giants uh i like that one better the gentle giants being hurt all the time um, hey judges
0: stayed healthy all year and he's having an awesome season he came out and with dizziness Stanton has the other two, day, actually though. he came back today and hit a huge three-run homer did he good deal. yes
1: um, but yeah, but those guys do have injury risk a lot of the time. So it's, you got to start or kind of plan around them being only available like hundred 100 to 120 games a year. And you got to yeah. find power and, um, and contact there for the rest of the year. So I think you're right there on point that they need to find an answer on offense. Um, I don't think DJ's the answer that they were hoping he would be. Yeah, DJ's kind a fine
0: of, player. He's not yeah. he is not a difference maker, I don't think, going yeah. forward on this contract.
1: Yeah, the, the mega contract I think was probably a little much, but um but yeah, I I think they're probably moving on from Glaber and are gonna try and go in. They're probably gonna try and get Correa to not sign back with the Astros. But Yeah. That
0: would be that would be a I, good move, I think.
1: Yeah, but I think he's gonna sign back with the Astros though, so then they're gonna settle for a second or their second choice, is my guess.
0: There's a lot of good choices, though, this year, as we know.
1: Yeah, that's true.
0: Okay, Yankees' prime rival Red Sox made some moves. They traded for Adovino from the Yankees. He's been a solid signing. Garrett Richards really hasn't been that great. Uh, We talked about Enrique Hernandez a few weeks ago as being a really underrated player. He's having a really nice season. Hunter Renfro, let's just talk about him for a second. He had one heck of a game this past week. He had an I outfield thought- assist from right field to second base in the fourth inning of the game. He had the go-ahead home run late in the game, and then he made a remarkable play uh, to, to, to actually end the game. He He's running over to center field. The center fielder missed, misses the ball, so Renfro has to go get it behind him. Um, Joey Wendell's rounding the bases, going for three. Uh, Renfro's... Momentum is taking him towards center field. And at the same time, he makes a throw all the way to third base from medium depth center field. And he nabs Joey Wendell um, to end the ball game. And that was was like one of the coolest uh, plays I've seen all season. And Hunter Renfro is one of my favorite players, too.
1: Andy's on the field in the uh, Monday Night Football game tonight. What? Hunter Renfro. The...
0: Oh, wide receiver
1: right. for the Raiders.
0: And Hunter Renfro looks like Mike Trout. Have you seen him?
1: I actually have a picture of him pulled up right now. He uh, he does look a little bit Mike Troutish. Yeah. But, no, I just, I really wanted to make the two-sport athlete joke there, but clearly it didn't stick.
0: Yeah, not in the football mindset yet, even though football season started. Hey, we're still here doing baseball podcasts. Oh, yeah,
1: we will be here every week. That's right. Although in the offseason, we might want to pick a not Monday. <laughs> Just saying.
0: <laughs> um, we'll think about it. All right. Yeah. We'll, uh, we'll hit some more teams here. So NL East, the Nationals, they were trying to compete this year. Obviously, they sold off most of their players at the trade deadline. Uh, one trade that they made was Josh Bell from the Pirates. Josh Bell is actually quietly having a pretty good season. I think he has 25 home runs this year. Um, he's, he's not a star first baseman by any means, but he's a serviceable player to have there. He hits enough and you know, he's fine. And then they ended up signing Kyle Schwarber after the Cubs, uh, non-tendered yeah, and who he went Kyle Schwarber's berserk
1: been having a great season. Um, yeah, he
0: went absolutely berserk, which helped him build up some value for the nationals to trade him to Boston. Uh, Missed some time with a hamstring injury, but now he's come back to Boston, and he's doing very well. So
1: yeah who who did uh, who did the Nats get back in the uh, trade for him? Uh, I don't know actually. Let me see if I can find it because I, depending on who it is, I'm gonna be willing to uh, call that a good signing, even though he's no
0: longer on their team. Yeah, the fact that they got anything out of it while the Cubs just gave up on him when they had him under the team control for one more year, just, that one irks me. But So Schwarber, it was
1: Schwarber for Aldo Ramirez.
0: Okay, not familiar with that guy.
1: 20-year-old um, starting pitcher prospect. Um, he's at... lowe I think?
0: Okay. Yeah, so sure. taking the gamble for Schwarber, half season of Schwarber. I think Schwarber would be a really nice uh, guy for the Red Sox to re-sign. He just seems like the perfect fit for that ballpark hitting home runs to right field. There were so many rumors back in the day of Schwarber getting traded to the Yankees because of the short porch, and Boston's kind of this similar in that, that right field's so shallow with the, and he's with got the, the pesky pole pesky pole and shorber power like that's just a match made in Red Sox heaven
1: and then in that stadium he could go oppo pretty easy and put it over the monster yeah not that far and he's got massive power for
0: him yeah
1: but yeah he's got 29 home runs 261 average for uh, 2.4 war and he's not really a defensive player at all Uh, yeah he he, he is he's
0: played that many games either because he missed a bunch of time too.
1: 98 games um for 140 wrc plus. So good signing for uh well really good signing for the Red Sox even though they didn't even sign him. And then the uh Nationals got a prospect out of it paying less than 10 million for a prospect. So I'd say that's probably pretty good for both teams.
0: Yeah. For sure. So Phillies re-signed DD Gregorius to a two-year deal. Um that one not really working out for them. DD has definitely been way worse than he's ever been this year. Um, They've got him for another year. They also extended JT Real Muto. I don't know how many years he got, but he got a very big deal for a catcher. Um, Power really hasn't been there for JT this year. I think he only has 14 home runs. But, I mean, he is a very good defensive catcher, and I think all in all that – that should work out okay for for the uh the Phillies but I would have liked to see a bigger season from JT 5
1: year 115.5 so 23.1 AAV. Yeah. And and JT is uh putting up a really statistically good season. Um well, uh a good WAR season. Let me say that. Um he's got a good WAR season at 4.1 WAR. Um only fourteen home runs, which is lower than he would usually hit. Uh, Two sixty-two, three forty-nine, four thirty-four slash line. Uh, One hundred and ten WRC plus, so he's still um, way or he's above average for hitters in general. And like I said, for catchers, the average is actually ninety, so he's leagues above other other uh, catchers at hitting. Other than maybe Sal, I think he's probably still the best. Probably yeah. So. But yeah, he's definitely not having the year that we had hoped, but he's walking more than usual, and he's striking out about the same. So without the uh, power, he's, he's still providing a lot of value to that team.
0: Yeah, so JT, good signing. We were talking pre-show that we couldn't really think of who the Phillies had added pitching-wise, and I guess that's the problem. They, they had some issues there, and they didn't really make any free agent signings or trades um and that's they did been, address again, it at the
1: trade deadline yeah,
0: but yeah. that might
1: have been too little too late
0: right so and now with zach eflin out for the season they're they're really struggling with the yeah. pitching um the white Sox did address pitching in the offseason they traded for lance lynn he's having a really good season again 250 era in 140 and two thirds they traded dane dunning starting pitcher, and low-level pitcher, Avery Weems. So this is kind of the classic uh, trade-your-established guy and get some uh, some prospects in return. Dunning's been okay. Um, he looks like he could be a serviceable kind of starter, but Lynn has been a really nice addition, and, and the White Sox have needed him big time with all the injuries that they've had.
1: Yeah, Lynn's another one of those guys who I think is probably top three in Cy Young this year. Yep. Yeah. So it'll be between him, Garrett Cole, and Robbie Ray. So. Um, yeah. Yeah, and then the uh, the other guy that the uh, White Sox went out and got is they got Liam Hendricks. Um, took him away from Oakland, and he has been amazing as their closer this year.
0: Yeah. So. Liam Hendricks is definitely one of my favorite pitchers to watch, just because of like. How angry he is on the mound! Obviously, we were watching the All Star game and he was uh, ripping off some f bombs li- on live TV because he didn't think his mic was on. But he's just always like that all the time, even for an All Star game. That doesn't matter. He's still as intense as they come, and he's just a really fun, fun guy to to root for. And he's also an incredibly uh, valuable guy for the White Sox, and he will be in the postseason. Probably pitching some big innings along with uh Craig Kimbrell.
1: Yeah, so this is uh the third most appearances he's ever had in a season at sixty one. Um he's thrown sixty three innings, uh which is awfully close to being his uh second highest uh innings in a season. Uh the only one that would be more is the season in which he actually started a couple couple games. Um, but he's got a 286 ERA, 270 FIP, his, uh, let's see, where's his whip? Uh, 0.78 walks and hits per inning pitched.
0: Yeah. Can you tell me how many walks he has this season? I, I believe it's under 10 for the entire season.
1: Uh, let's see. His walks per nine is exactly one. Uh, where is walks? He has seven walks this season.
0: Yeah. That's incredible.
1: And last year in the shortened season, uh, he had 24 appearances uh, in 25.1 innings, and he had only walked three batters. So he's only walked 10 batters in 85 appearances in the last two years.
0: Yeah, uh, Len Casper, I think, made a really good point over the weekend when Hendricks was pitching that he seems to always get it behind in counts. But then he like makes it back up and never walks anyone somehow. It's, it's amazing to watch. Yeah. Um, the A's uh, obviously miss Hendricks a lot, and they tried to fill the void by signing Trevor Rosenthal. Uh, Rosenthal was injured before he even pitched a game for them, so that didn't pan out. They also signed back Yuzmero Petit, and then they signed Sergio Romo. Those guys have been okay. Uh, Jake Diekman's been okay. Lou Trevino was good at the beginning of the year, but he's really struggled. Uh, they traded for Chafin, but all in all, the bullpen is kind of a an issue for them, especially in the recent weeks, and that's kind of been holding them back, and now they, they're kind of on the outside looking in on the wild card when they used to be firmly... Locked into one of those spots, and I thought for sure they would be getting it. The bullpens kind of let them down.
1: Yeah, they're they're three games out. They have to pass the Yankees, which, if the uh, A's can quit losing, um, they could do. But then they'd have to pass either Boston or Toronto, and I just don't see it happening with only two weeks to go. So I yeah, it does look like they've they've tried a bunch of stuff. They they, they traded for Elvis to try and fill their uh, shortstop hole. And I think this is the year that it's actually not going to work out for Oakland. So it's that's been a, what, it's maybe 10 there. years since we've been able to say that.
0: <laughs> yeah. They have a, they have a down year here and there, but not, not frequently. Yeah. All right. The Brewers. Uh, they really leaned into their defense and pitching philosophy here with their additions in the off season. So they got Colton Wong to play second base Uh, and then they signed Jackie Bradley Jr. to play the outfield. Those guys are both some of the best defenders in the sport, and they've got those guys playing up the middle for them. Colton Wong has pretty much had a career season this year, uh, hitting for 13 home runs, his most power he's ever put up. He's kind of changed his approach from being the leadoff man that the Cardinals wanted him to be, kind of taking a bunch of pitches and just selling out for contact in a way and he's kind of become a a completely different player than he's ever showed before.
1: Well, and he's done it while still having the second highest average of his career.
0: Right. So he didn't lose any of the contact ability that he was trying to get before, but he's, he's getting it in a different way with more power, which is awesome. Yeah. So
1: the, the biggest difference is that he's not taking as many walks. His, his walk rate is basically cut in half from uh, when he was having his peak seasons in St. Louis. So he's just providing his value in ways that are not taking walks. Um, that was a fantastic signing, and I, the Cardinals should have signed him back, and they didn't. That They were done, right. but they, they also used him, him wrong, so it worked out better for him. Uh, but I kind of think he might win the Silver Slugger for second baseman this year. And with the defensive, um, uh, so their defense is good. Their pitching is amazing. Uh, with Colton having one of his best offense, well, having his best offensive season of his career and some of these other guys, um, if they can put some runs on the board, I kind of think the Brewers could go to the world series
0: this year. Yeah. They look very strong. So Jackie Bradley hasn't really been so good offensively, but he hasn't hurt the team too much and he brings a good defense. So. I'm okay with that. That was a that was one of the latest signings of, of free agency he, before the season.
1: He's been absolutely dreadful hitting. He's actually uh been so bad at hitting that even his positive defensive value has him at a negative point five war.
0: Okay, yeah. so I was wrong about that completely. He's been really bad.
1: Yeah, he's he's got a one sixty five, two thirty nine, two seventy slash line with six home runs in a hundred and twenty games.
0: Yeah, this is pretty weird. Considering he had a really good season last year with the Red Sox.
1: Yeah, his but, uh, his career WRC plus is eighty seven, so below average, but good defense. His twenty twenty one WRC plus, you want to give it any guess?
0: Uh, sixty seven. Thirty nine. Whoa, that's really bad. Yeah,
1: and they signed him to a 2-year $24 million deal with a mutual option, with a 2022 player option and a 2023 mutual option. Okay. So <coughs> That's uh <coughs> excuse me. That's not really looking like a very good signing there.
0: Yeah. No. Okay, the Royals. We'll finish up with the Royals, I think. So They went out and they got Carlos Santana on a two-year deal. They traded for Benintendi. They signed uh, Michael Taylor and Mike Miner. None of those guys have been really standout. I wasn't exactly sure what their plan was because a lot of these guys were signed for multi-year. So it was like they, I don't know. I mean, they were trying to compete, I think, but I never really thought that, These players are going to be enough to put them over the top, and I was kind of right about that.
1: Yeah, I thought they would be better than they are, but I I didn't think they were going to win the division by any means, but I thought that they would be about third maybe
0: in the division, and
1: I don't think that's worked out.
0: Yeah, I think the most exciting things about the Royals this season are what's going on right now, and that's uh, Nicky Lopez and uh, Adalberto Mondesi playing together and playing really well. So if they can add Bobby Witt to the mix early next season, that's going to be a fun uh, group of, of infielders. And I'm interested to see where where they put people positionally. Like who moves to third, who, who moves to second, and who stays on shortstop because those are three shortstops.
1: Yeah. I think Adalberto is probably your best third base option. Um, I was based thinking on...
0: Witt maybe moves to third because – Mondesi's been amazing at shortstop defensively too.
1: That's true, but so is Nicky Lopez.
0: Yeah. So it's I, hard to... Uh, uh,
1: so off the top of my head not knowing how Bobby Witt would be at moving to any position, I would keep Nicky Lopez at short, move Adalberto over to third, and put Witt at second. Yeah. And then the other Witt goes to right field. Yeah, they can do that. So...
0: Um.
1: We but hit yeah, on a so, lot of teams here. Are, so the, are there
0: any that you wanted to mention in addition to what we have here on the the rundown?
1: I don't think so. The The last thing I wanted to mention with the Royals here was that Ben Attendee has actually had a considerable rebound from his horrific 2020 shortened season. Still not uh, a good he, season though. No, he's, he's been about league average. Um, and he's not a defensive player at all. So he's, definitely it's probably a good thing that he only had a 2 years a 2 year 10 million dollar contract to buy out all but the last year of arb for him so it's still a team friendly deal he's still worth it for what they're paying him yeah. so i would argue that it's it's a good trade from that standpoint that they're getting the value for him and he's rebounded from his really bad season, so now we need to see if he can rebound to his good seasons.
0: Yeah. Um, he's, he's really
1: that, only had one year that he was better than an average hitter, and that was 2018.
0: Yeah, and, so, and now it's been enough years where it kind of seems like that's the, the outlier, and I don't think he's going to get back there.
1: Yeah, I, I kind of don't think he will either. Um,
0: but... You never know. He's only 26. You never know, he's not he, old. He, yeah, exactly. Yeah. He
1: uh he definitely could turn it around. Um right. but I don't know. What if he if he doesn't get better than he is, if they sign him past his last arb year, I would argue that that would be a bad idea. But yeah. for now, I think it's okay. Uh that's all that's all I
0: wanted to say. So Cool. Yeah, I feel like we must have missed... I mean, I know we missed a few teams, but we definitely hit on a lot of teams.
1: Yeah, we, we definitely could probably do an entire other episode on this and just keep going.
0: But <laughs> Probably. But, okay, yeah. Thank you for joining us today, and make sure you give us a follow on social media, uh, Facebook and Twitter, uh, where we'll that be is- posting intermittently. Uh, yep
1: that is at getaway day pod on twitter and at getaway day podcast on Facebook
0: so uh, everyone have a good day and we will be back next Monday
1: yep thank you guys have a good one